0: This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tánis de Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening.
1: Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website.
2: Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing
1: with Luke Fitzgerald. And they were, O'Driscoll, oh, Forgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another!
0: Darcy, O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, Step and score.
1: Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio by Luke Fitzgerald. Hello Luke. William, hello. How are you? Very good, how are you? Are you basking in the glow of your successful prediction in last week's podcast? that's put you on the punditry map even further. Sean Cronin's sensational I got accent. the game round though. <laughs> did, you? Oh, did you? I run? thought,
0: it, I thought Aust- Australia might win it again. I thought Ireland might find it too hard to stop the two lads. Uh, Pocock and Hooper, but they did an unbelievable job on them. As for the Cronin thing, um, oh, I can't say I'm surprised really. It's kind of he's gotten, did you
1: know? No, okay, no. It was very, yeah, it was a very prescient prediction. Got it. Yeah.
0: No, it's, I feel bad from. I kind of feel like it's like just had a feeling when they lost that scrum at the end of the match mm. um, that they might I just. He gets like he's sixty caps off the bench. Like he played for. Sorry, I just, it's more of frustration when I was literally, like he played for, like that Lancer team uh, and had people onto me, I'm not going to say who, but people onto me, fairly senior people, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> but uh, asking me if I'd ever been in a scrum before, they were a bit hurt. Um, <sighs> rightfully so, I, by the way, just I might as well say, um, you know, I think, it, like I haven't been but I also know that, you know, I in a house with a tight out prop, so I've, I've always had an interest in scrums, as in, not that I know anything about them, but I know that the two props are kind of the key guys if things go wrong, really, you know. Um, and I think Sean Cronin, if you were to say, well, the hooker, hookers play a big part, and so from what I've heard, they do. Obviously, hooking the ball being the key part, but... Um, uh, you know, I, I would say like he played in the best scrum in. I'm going to say one of the best scrums in the European Cup this year, and had no problems. And as a matter of fact, they look very strong and dominant in a lot of scrums, and um, and probably better scrums. Some of those French scrums would be better than the Australian scrum, I would imagine. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure that those that kind of stuff kind of flies. I think around the pitchy, maybe he's a better
1: player. Would
0: you expect um, him to not
1: be involved this weekend either?
0: I don't know. I actually thought the two guys played well on the weekend. Mm. Um, I didn't think they Like, I suppose the team played better, which was the key point. Um, you know, I heard people saying it oh, was a big difference at Johnny Sexton. And yeah, there there was a difference, but I didn't think it was that big. Actually, I thought Joey Carberry did really well the week before. I thought Australia played better, but Ireland didn't get any, didn't get any momentum playing with the guys in the pack who are the, you're the your front liners I mean playing with Ty Furlong for 60 minutes as opposed to 20 minutes playing with Keane Healy for 60 minutes as opposed to 20 minutes um, makes a big difference you know it makes a really big difference those guys make a huge difference to a team and I think people underestimate that I think people underestimate the difference it made in the centres having Robbie Henshaw who I think is one of the best 12s in the world Um if not the best, you could make a good you could make a good case for Robbie Henshaw being one of the best 12s in the world. You saw how good he is for Leinster and what a big difference he makes. Gary Ringrose, you know, we all know what he can do. Um, he was phenomenal, my thought. He was brilliant and he was he's brilliant defensively. But I think he, he has a little bit more to him than than Aki. To be honest, you, it's not to take any away from Bundy Like he's a lo- he's a really really top quality player. I just think Robbie Henshaw's better and the team is better balanced with with, with Gary there. But. Let's face it, the whole picture looks different for, for Leinster if they can't retain the ball against them, which they did this week. Ireland. But if they get... No, sorry, for uh, <laughs> Ireland, excuse me. Uh, sorry, I was talking about Gary and Robbie Henry. <laughs> I see you laughing at me there. But no, it's more... Uh, for Ireland, the picture looks a lot different for all the playmakers and all the backs if you get momentum in the tight exchanges. I thought they, there was a subtle change in tactics to deal with the Australian line speed. I thought they came tighter off off nine to let so the ball was in the, in the air longer. I thought they made decisions actually to not play make. Um, now I actually think the tip on is isn't the from one forward to the next forward uh, is actually still a good play for them. I think they actually could get you now or, or going across the first forward to the second forward was still an option if they're a little bit wider. I think you could expose the Aussies a bit there, but they decided to come back in against the Aussies to kind of nullify the line speed and to try and get go forward and momentum in there, and it worked well. Um, But they didn't go at the back that much. Uh, I thought, and that was a conscious decision. Definitely, you could see that in the game plan. Um, But that made a big difference. They retained the ball, um, you know, a lot easier. They got momentum in the tight exchanges. and The game's way different. I thought people were a bit harsh on Joey Carberry, actually, off the back of that. I thought they, there was, you know, I heard a lot of people say, oh, Johnny Sexton made a big difference. And he did play well and he did make a difference, but not that much. So, yeah, but Johnny's um, the best
1: 10 in the world, arguably. But... Yeah, he is. But, so obviously but, he's going to make a big yeah, difference.
0: Yeah, no, a big, I would say, uh, that, a lot of that has to do with with uh, the forwards playing well like Connor Murray who we all know is probably the best guy in the world if you know himself and Aaron Smith are very close and again he has actually been playing brilliantly the last well, but Connor Murray let's call him what he is he's a world class player he didn't have a great game the week before either and that was because if every pass you make is under pressure if every ball you're getting is being ripped out of a rook or has been you know you're getting hit by a forward back into you like things are way more difficult like so much of how a halfback plays regardless of how good they are depends on how your pack get on and um, so, yeah, look, I think just be careful. Some of the guys got a bit of a going over. I thought John Cronin as well. A lot of people saying, oh, he was just... I saw someone in the paper saying, oh, Joe Schmidt justified in the selections. I was like, no, he, I didn't think he was. I still think that guy played in the best pack in, you know, in the country in terms of the provinces and one of the, in the best pack clearly as well, I thought, in, um, in the European competition. And he was one of the standouts for a lot of the season. Um, and, you know... Contributed very well uh, to a very strong set piece in line at and scrum. So I still think that's a wrong decision. Uh, I still think he's the best hooker uh, that hasn't got selected. And um, I still think guys like Joey Carby have, you know, I'd love to see them get a go somewhere. I think the fullback thing, I thought Rob Carney had a very good game. But I do think that uh, Joey Carby brings an extra dimension. Uh, and I believe that while he's going to pick Rob, he's made that very clear. They need to generate another option there now because with Ebo going and they've decided not to pick guys abroad, they're very, very clear on that, and for good reason. I think to keep the game strong here because they can not be financially. Um, So I think everyone understands that, but they have to come up with a new option somewhere. To have to like I think November will have to will, will now be a key time, and I think they'll they shouldn't pick Rob and those ones because you know they need to pick him in a few of them. Obviously to keep them keep them going, but. They need to have another option there. That's the one place on the pitch where I feel like it looks like Ireland haven't got another option. If um or, or they need to try Larmour out there. I'm not sure. But Joey for me looks like the guy who who could unlock defenses and he'd be a nice outlet as well outside mm. Johnny. Kind of be Because like, I think I still think Gary, while well, he lovely pass, and it was really good to see him put tight furlong through that hole. I was really pleased to see that because I think that's the part of the game for me that it takes a while at the centre to do because everything's under more pressure, even than ten. Yeah. Um it's it's a hard place to play, make. It was great to see. I know he did it from the 10th slot as from first receiver, I suppose, but good to see him putting someone else through a hole. I think he has it in his game. I think he has the potential to be world-class and that's the last little bit for me that I think Gary has to get, in. you know, has to start introducing and has to get a little bit more confident, a little bit more comfortable buying himself a little bit more time, not always looking for his own options first to get to that place where I think he should get to because mentally, I think he's world-class for me uh, at the moment, but I think he has, he has another gear in him. And I think that's the other gear for, for me. So, I know it tied in a lot of things there, but uh um, all-
1: encompassing it was but look, so, it's tour, so interesting. Rugby. It's such
0: a compelling series mm. now. The final test, like the third test, and it looks yeah, like yeah, Ar- just
1: before we bring in our guest mm. Fergus McFadden. What is your prediction for Saturday's game? I God having gone I, against negative? Am I, Ireland, going, to be negative am I going to be negative again? Um
0: oh, I think I think Australia will win. <laughs> I know it's terrible. It's terrible. I, I swear to God, I, I take no enjoyment in... I, swear, I really don't. I want, I don't I'm,
1: believe you. There must be enjoyment There's taken.
0: not. There really isn't. Like They're all my pals. Loads like, of those guys are my pals playing. I, I just, I'll be honest with people watching. Uh, I thought Ireland played brilliantly last weekend. I thought the Aussies kind of fell apart, discipline-wise. I thought they were shocking. I thought they got away. They should have had two yellow cards easily. I thought they were... Thought the tip tackle was between a yellow and a red. I thought the way Rob Kearney landed. I know I had lots of people with lots of interesting discussions on Twitter about it. Um, but I thought, given the landing, uh, even though he did go above the horizontal, and technically you could say it's a red card, um, and he had the he had a bad motion. Rob stopped himself and landed on his side effectively. So I think it was closer to a yellow than a red in my eyes. Um, but I do think he was lucky. He stuck out his elbow. It would have been red. Right he was right. damn lucky. If he if he went anywhere near his shoulder, that's a red card for me. Mm. But Rob bro- broke the fall, and saved your man in the end. Um, but the three penalties, with Ireland coming in like it's it, whatever about if you have momentum coming in there. One of the one of the penalties, I think we, Ireland had real momentum coming in. I think it was Hooper came offside, literally on the line. It was a definite yellow. I thought they were lucky as well, and I thought it was sounded awfully contradictory from the referee to say. You know, to 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 yellow card Ireland for um, a deliberate, knock, a on. deliberate yeah. knock on, especially having yeah, I think he actually had confirmed earlier on that it was a deliberate knock on, but that it was it wasn't a yellow card. Yeah, um, very odd. I wonder had he because I, I thought he had a brilliant first half. By the way, sorry, I thought I was really I was like I said on Twitter, I said as much. The commentators' curse, I suppose, not that I was commentating, but the commentators' cur- curse. I was saying, geez, I actually thought that referee had a really good first half. He was really clear, really strong in his decisions. Any chat from any of the other players and not interested, unless you're the captain not speaking to you, and I'll speak to you again. It's a yellow card about this. Really good. Loved it all. But then the yellow the yellow card in the second half, there was two fairly clear-cut moments, especially when I actually thought the decision against Keane Healy um, was a really good one. I like to see that. I think if you've, you know, because lots of referees will miss that, but when you get it, it should be yellow card as well. I thought... They 100% should have had one as well, especially when Ireland scored the try with Ty Furlong. Because for me, it's the exact same scenario. Yeah, they should the go third. back and card him. I 100% should have carded him. And I thought that was a poor error. So uh, I think Australia will be better. I think they've tightened up the discipline. Um, I think it's going to be a tight one. I think Ho- Hooper and Pocock, if they're both fit, I think uh, Pocock looking, he might have got a bad knock in the neck. But I don't know. He, he, you know, I think maybe Peter Mahoney came down on him. I could see them having a bit more of an impact this week. It'd be hard for Ireland to replicate. The, the intensity at the Rook was brilliant. Away from home, last se- last game of the season. It'd be hard for Ireland to build themselves up again, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and I'll call like I said. I think Australia by you know maybe four or five points. I think it'll still be tight.
1: Well, on that from that peasant mystic note.
0: What about the France? Can we can we cover the France thing? You, the Benjamin Fulton, we have to talk
1: about. Okay. Do we? Yeah, we what can. did you think? No, yeah. Um, I thought it was probably okay to rescind the card because he was kind of nudged into it. It yeah. was a slight nudge by Leonard Brown. Do you but think they
0: should take that into account? Sorry, the reason I'm bringing up, sorry, and the reason I want to get your opinion on it is because I think it falls into the category of the Australia tip as well. The the, the, the tip tackle. Um, the uh, what's his name? Corrie Betty. Corey Betty, Sorry, excuse me. Um, I think you kind of have to take a few. Yeah. You ha- you, you, whilst the rules are very clear on it, right? You still have to take into account, and I'm glad you said it as well, because I thought if Leonard Brown pushes him into that, like pushes him forward there, right, which is what he does. Effectively, he he's out of, he's he's made him out of control into the landing zone. So should he be sent off? <laughs> Not what I'm saying, but I sorry, I understand you were joking, but I think it's kind of an important consideration to make for the referee, and I think you have to have a look at the incident and how you end up the, in the instant and what
1: happens in well, the Well, they instant. did look at the t- that in the TMO. That's, That's why I'm point. surprised that it wasn't brought up by anybody.
0: I, I kind of think that you ha- like, you kind of have to say, like, how is he supposed to control? Him? So he's looking up at the ball. He gets pushed from behind into the landing zone. Like and in fairness, Bowden Barrett, like it's an awful, it's a it's a horrible picture, and he saves oh, yeah. himself. Really, like it was an incredible bit of athleticism. I
1: thought to actually well, he went curl off himself up. Though, like he still got a bad knock. Like, I know he did,
0: but because hmm. that could have been really bad. If you look at where he was, he managed to curl himself up into a really good position and save himself essentially from what could have been a really bad injury. But Leonard Brown, like you have to take that into consideration. Might, yeah. I, I like I think. The incident's so bad, you have to be seen to act on it. But if you say, like, if you look at it, uh, you know, you have to say, well, look, Leonard Brown's pushing there If he's looking up at the ball, trying to time a jump into the landing zone so that it's a fair contest, or to try and stop himself from being in the in the landing zone or the takeoff zone, uh, for the jump for, from from um, from from Bowden Barrett. Like, how, how is that not taken into consideration? Because he can't control it. He can't see any of the guys. Once he's past the the, the New Zealand player or the opposition player like it's i think they need to they need to cover this they need to be very clear and do something about this because it's dangerous play by Leonard brand to push someone who's about to head into a, into a landing zone hmm. i'm not sure you can do it like you can yellow card him but like like what do you, what do you think am i making any sense no because well, but well, that's the ruling it's an impossible they made that's possible situation you put with. no
1: well, what what i guess should have happened is what, penalty only perhaps like but should it be a penalty At to all?
0: france it's a dangerous
1: play by Leonard yeah. brand pushing yeah. a guy
0: who's about to head in for a high ball I, I'm coming at it from an odd angle, but I just know the feeling when, when I. I think the ruling it.
1: was that they made contact, not necessarily that it was a push. Like, but that. it's
0: definitely a push. Did you see the, the replay. I have
1: seen a replay. Like, I don't think it's clear cut that it's a, he doesn't shove them or anything. Like, I think it. It's yeah. they, they do make contact. He does jostle them. I think he
0: gives them a little bit of a forward in, into it. But, but it's
1: like France have been kind of hosed two weeks in a row by the officials. Like they were well in both of those games before those two controversial calls. Like they wouldn't have won either match probably, but you know they yeah, they really? can be very aggrieved that they've gotten. Two weeks in a row, they've kind of been rowed a bit by the refs.
0: Yeah, I think they, they have every right to be disappointed. I, I, I just sorry. The reason I say it is because I'm just disappointed that I feel like if you nudge someone into an area when, like, for, especially from behind, all your momentum is going forward. So like a little push makes a big difference at that level. Like it really does. Seriously, if you're if you're coming sprinting into a zone, and you get pushed from behind, like you can get out of control very very quickly. And I think that's what happened. I think and I I know he was kind of stopping anyway, but look, he was stopping so he could jump. And time it because he got he, he passed the, the obviously the New Zealand player Liner Brown In this case, do you like is, do, you, do you think there should be any recourse for things like that? Do you think they should be looking at that?
1: Well, what do you mean looking at it? Like they well, did look at it, someone just didn't see someone. it. It's, they just didn't, they just missed it. Yeah, had they seen no? Because I have seen instances of the, exactly what you've described of a mitigate, like someone is knocked into it's it. I've seen it, play, Will. Like, it's I,
0: really dangerous play. Like, and like you saw it badly, that guy, like Boden landed really badly and like just saved himself just in time. but, that was dangerous play from Leonard Brent. Like you push a guy into a landing zone Ford. If he pushes him to the side or he pushes him back. Fine, stops him getting in there. Like you know, whatever. You, you, you deal with the obstruction. Obviously, the Aussies are going see, mad about this this week. From, from, speak,
1: from but footage, I think it's very hard to say that he. Do not think it's him. conclusive? He definitely made contact with him, but from the replay I saw anyway, there was definitely a no a kind of a nudge as they were running past. I don't know if it was a you know a shove Proper into a shove, it, yeah. but perhaps I'd, I didn't see the maybe we didn't see the same replay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I just
0: kind of felt he got a bit hard done by. It was all, and I kind of thought like
1: the All Blacks conspiracy theories uh, back again. Uh, no, I, I you two like, yellow
0: cards for Richie McCall in 140. Seven tests, something like that. Yeah. Come on, the guy was always on the edge. You have to get a few on the wrong side of like every now and then and get a yellow, like he just was always on the edge. Um, but anyway, leaving on that aside, uh, sorry, I just want to get your opinion on that one. It kind of intrigued me a little bit as to this, and especially when they rescinded it, they obviously said, Well, look, I think there is a mitigating factor. Here. Yeah, did you think? I presume that's what they that's
1: that's exactly, that's they, exactly yeah, what they, they mentioned the Leonard Brown. Contacts. yeah Grant
0: okay Grant yeah well just disappointing they missed it
1: in the game I suppose I'm just looking forward to seeing what outrageous what, what, what All Black's conspiracy theory will <laughs> happen this, uh, this weekend uh, three weekends in a row what do you
0: think for the game this weekend
1: I think Ireland will win yeah. I, think just, I just think they're a better team to be honest I um, can
0: see that I can see that I suppose I've taken a few things into consideration like,
1: and they're missing Genia who's a huge player for them he Fractured forearm. Horse. Nick FIBS. I don't think is very good I don't yeah, he can I, be very I good, though. He can a few
0: he's had a few games. Remember, he had a good one against the Aviva a few years well, back. Yeah. What people
1: remember is that he scored two tries on Snipewell, but if people didn't get his passing was shocking. They were over... Like half of them were over Bernard foley's yeah, yeah, head. Yeah, like. they won't be, it won't be wet there this weekend. Yeah, was, yeah. I'm just saying, people always say it to me when I say I think he's not a very good player. Oh, but remember that time at the Aviva. But he's a scrum half. His job is to pass from A to B, <laughs> not throw balls over his head.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like, And he dressed up sorry. as
1: a cow and pissed in a pub recently as well, as an aside. Oh, fair enough cows will do that
0: um, <laughs> yeah I don't know it's it, I, like I, I can see it I'm sorry I, I'm obviously hoping for an Ireland win I just I'm worried about it that's all
1: you're so trying well. to create a controversial persona constantly picking against Ireland I,
0: yeah I, I, like no matter what then I'll peg it back somehow. yeah your agent's uh, telling
1: you look every time you pick against Ireland the dollars go up for the next deal yeah. uh, controversy yeah. creates cash
0: the problem is, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm like a pariah now at the moment. I'm literally <laughs> out there on my own, making all these wild calls and accusations.
1: You're like coming don't, at it from bleeding in <laughs> Well,
0: I don't know. Sorry, I just, I'm worried about it. I think the Aussies will. This is a big match for them. Like they're like they're just under massive pressure, uh, rugby union wise. There. I think Falao had no bearing on the game. I think they they not, like Ireland dealt with that really well, but I don't know if it was always legal. I think that might be, you could see the Aussies talking it up. I think if they can get a bit, because every single high ball there was no competition, Ireland just cleaned them out there um, and defended it really well, whereas usually they're pretty good there. Um, Yeah, interesting. Tired bodies. I thought a few guys looked tired towards the end. We kind of were hanging on at the end, even though we're really fit. Like we are a really fit team. Did Mm. Did you think that at all?
1: Ah. Yeah, I, I guess so. Well, I, You're going for the iron win regardless. Yeah, I just think the <laughs> like, had a lot of spare in that game. You know, I just thought like well, they it, were better it team, shouldn't yeah. have been two a two point game by any means. Like if they if he had carded the Aussies like they should have been carded and had been a little bit more clinical around the line, I think they would have won by maybe ten points. I think mm. they'll edge this weekend. So
0: yeah, that's the sound pragmatic logic logical. on that
1: note we will bring in <laughs> you're dying to bring in ferg <laughs> dying to bring in this VTL. well i'm sick of your pessimism about uh, this series you know uh. i want to go to something a little bit more positive so i'm delighted to be joined on the line by grand slam champion champions cup champion pro 14 champion fergus mcbrotten a lot to fit in there fergus
2: yeah well uh, no it's uh yeah sounds pretty good it's um cheers for having me on lads it's uh it's good, it's good
1: to be on yeah, we were talking just before we started. Uh, you know, you, have, you had a bit of a break recently, but I'm sure you'd love to be having that break out in Australia where, where you're actually involved with the Irish team. How, how have you found this summer kind of being on the outside, you know, recovering from your injury?
2: Yeah, it's been a different summer on a few different fronts. Um, obviously, that injury fell at a pretty poor time for me, um, you know, coming into those final matches with Leinster. So um, it was unfortunate to miss... Uh, the semi-final of the uh, pro 12 or sorry, pro 14. And then the the finals of, of both competitions. So yeah, that was a tough pill to swallow, but you know, all in all, looking back on my season and um, from a personal perspective, it was, you know, I probably, um, had a, a pretty clean bill uh, or sorry, clean run in terms of injuries in comparison to last year, certainly anyway. So, you know, take the positives and, and thankfully the boys got the job done anyway in both competitions. So, um, yeah, it's been listen. It's been different watching on. Uh, my wife and I just had a baby on like two weeks ago, so um, going to Australia would have been um, a tough one anyway. Even if I was fit, fit enough to go away. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's been different watching um, watching uh, at home. The boys away. They've they've obviously that so far the series is, has been a success in my eyes for from from their perspective because you know winning there for the first time. Um, think It's 49 years or something like that, uh, to create a bit of history that that's been good. So, to go on and actually win the series, I think that's very much the ball is in uh, uh, Ireland's court at the moment. So, hopefully, they can do that this weekend,
0: Fergie. Thanks, Emil, for coming on. Uh, I know it was at late notice. Um, listen again, just to just to I suppose go back over it, I'm sure you're kind of Sick of talking about at this stage. But, uh, I mean, what a season. Uh, I mean, last season would have been, you know, I know I know myself, really difficult, very injury interrupting. you had that bad one with the quad. Um, was there anything that you did differently this season? I mean, you know you got a bit unlucky, uh, as you said, uh, towards the end of the season with that injury. I mean, really, really bad time, considering the form you were in. Um, but is there anything you did differently? I know myself, you kind of figure yourself out a bit. And you're definitely, you're, you're in the, you know, that, that period in your career now, you kind of probably figured out, you know how to get the best out of yourself in terms of your or your body anything you did differently after last season
2: um yeah probably I probably took took care of myself a little bit better to be honest with you um, I was probably a better pro uh, I mean as as you would have found out Vicky, as well towards the end obviously um retiring early was was uh, was not ideal but towards the, the latter end of your career you would have noticed that taking care of your body was the key um to kind of uh, sustain uh, injury free, really. So, for, um, I'm not
0: sure I'm a good comparison here. You, you lads, towards the last couple of years, you lads were calling me Fatsy instead of Fitzy.
2: Sorry, but I completely uh, interrupted. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, well, you know, you, you, I certainly would have looked at you um, uh, as a pro from. Someone of my own vintage that uh, would have, you know, you, you had a lot of injuries throughout your career and you had to do certain things to get yourself right. So um, you would have been someone I definitely learned from. But, you know, last year was uh, a tough one for me because, you know, I was gone for most of the season. It was kind of the longest injury I'd had throughout uh, like a full season for myself. So, and then obviously seeing other guys go so well when I was injured. So, uh, yeah, this year, just I suppose sitting down at, in preseason. season, before uh, things kicked off, I just went through things a bit more thoroughly with the physios and and SNC staff, uh, you know, about what was going to be working for me. And um, thankfully, I found a nice balance, uh, you know, this year that that would have kept me on the field for for certainly longer. Anyway.
1: And when you look back at, on your own season, obviously, you know, you, you broke back into the team, you, you know, you had some really good performances and, and when I'm looking from the outside, I think you're displacing those back to back games against Exeter, some really tight games, in particular the, the one in the Aviva Stadium, which was really going against sense for a long period. And you just you know, you've scrapped really hard in that game in particular. Like what what are your memories of those games? Do they stand out for you as well when you kinda of look back on, on your journey this season?
2: Yeah, um those back to back games would stand out as the two Two of the toughest games I played in all season—that's uh, for sure. Um, I think they—they, they, in my opinion, Exeter and and Saracens were two of the best teams in the competition. And um, you know, thankfully, we kind of stalled uh, Exeter's progression by beating them in those back-to-back games. But I think even defensively, we hadn't been tested like that from any other team really uh, in the competition. And you know, Sarries—you could argue that maybe. They didn't have their best day at the office against us in the Aviva, but that was partly down to how we played as well. So, um, you know, those two English sides beating them, um, uh, beating Saracens in the Aviva after the back-to-back game against Exeter, you know, we were on certainly the right path to going on to win the competition there. Because you know, from my perspective and from Leinster's perspective, looking through the competition, there wasn't really any other um, competitors that were much better.
0: And just a quick one for, I mean, I, I, mean I, I also thought they were kind of pivotal ones, and I really thought they were a springboard for you to kind of get your nose back in, in into Irish camp and get in and, and be involved in, in Six Nations. But for me, I thought that the actually the, the Glasgow game, uh, I thought, really was a turning point for you because I thought, like, when I was watching Leinster, like, especially last season, I just kind of felt at times, especially in the big games, that I just thought they missed you. I thought they really missed the defensive aspect. Um, I, I think the team itself, all the, the Leinster teams that we've played in that have been very successful, like the attacking side, like the backs got a lot of the credit, but I actually think it was real 15-man rugby. Like I mean, I don't think there was ever anyone that had, like any winger that had a huge amount of tries or any center or whoever. Like there was, like Sean O'Brien has loads of tries, like Keane Healy has loads, there's all these guys. I always felt like that was the missing Kind of link in this Lancer team from last season to this season, and I felt personally that that was a big moment. Did you feel that yourself? I thought that Glasgow one, just the way you were able to shore up the defensive side of things for the team, and I mm. thought that was the the one missing Did you feel that yourself?
2: Yeah, well, I suppose the Glasgow game, uh, the away one in the in the Heineken Cup, was mm. um, one that uh, I I had I think a few soft tissue injuries at the start of the year, like a calf issue and a hammer issue that kept me out of. Um, the games in South Africa and the Pro 14 at the start of the year. And then a couple of guys in my position got the jump on me uh, for that Montpellier match. Um, I think the Munster games were before that. And then the Montpellier game. So, and the Montpellier game probably wasn't our best performance, certainly wasn't in the Champions Cup. anyway. at home we scraped by and they probably should have beat us at the end of the match. And yeah, I got an opportunity uh, the next week after not playing that much rugby and started the game and went relatively well. And, um, you know, thankfully, um, I I could start to um, you know, build a bit of personal momentum from um, a playing perspective under Lancaster because, you know, really under Stewart, he hadn't really seen me in that many big games. But you know, I got picked in the in the semi-final of the Champions Cup the year before, um, where we lost against uh, Claremont. But you know, aside from that wasp game where I came on, I hadn't played that many big games under him, so he probably hadn't had had that much faith. You know in me as a player yet so uh, yeah that Glasgow one was certainly a, a start of a building block where um, you know I got opportunities big games and, and uh, thankfully started to hit a bit of form
1: yeah it's interesting you, you mentioned that you didn't get to maybe play much under Stuart Lancaster is it tough mentally when a new coach does come in who's really influential and the team is going well and maybe you haven't had the chance to put your hand up and impress him do you really feel like you have kind of lost ground on some of your rivals
2: yeah, no, I do 100, percent and I, I'm a very good example of of that happening, really, because uh, last year he came in, I got picked to play. Uh, sorry, ironically again, but back to a Glasgow away game in the league for the first match under him, and I got picked to play in the game, but I picked up a soft tissue injury in my calf. That actually, sorry, it was in my quad that week. That was the start of the nightmare. I had my quad. Um, and then guys just got opportunities in my position younger lads and they started playing out their skin so i was gone for five months a year and you know naturally it doesn't matter what i've done on paper previously before that a new coach gets to the place until he starts witnessing um firsthand what you can do under him you know it's fair enough that the faith is going to get built you know in other other players so i you know i fully understood that as well and i knew that the only way that that, that relationship was gonna um, was going to grow f- from, uh, from my perspective, was going to be me getting back fit and playing well. And uh, you know, last year I didn't do many favors. I got back at the tail end and didn't get back to a good a good level, f- f- you know, or the type of level that I, I knew I was able to play. So, you know, that injury free run at the start of this year was 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 great to start. You know, making back up that ground that other guys had gained on me, as you said.
0: And Fergie just in terms of like I mean you talk about that relationship growing uh, you know and the trust building between yourself and and Lancaster and obviously you know we'll get to to Leo and just a few thoughts on him in a second but um, I mean what is the relationship like there I mean you've probably become a bit of a leader in the group now I would imagine you always were I think um, a guy that people would definitely have looked up to in terms of you know whenever you spoke he didn't speak that often, but when you did, people really listened. But I always thought, like, where you really did it was kind of in your actions and your training and everything. Have you have you become a bit more of a leader in the group, that more like a bit more of a speaker there? Uh, I wouldn't
2: say so. I'd say I'm pretty similar to when you were there, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not that's not really, I suppose, my thing. in the you know, with it's in meetings, I might you know pipe up a little bit in back's meetings and that. But you know, and mostly I, you know, as you said, I'd, I'd try and. Um, you know, lead by my actions, whether it's training or or playing. I think there's there's so many good good leaders and 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 speakers in our changing room. You know, you this year you had Issa, you had Johnny, you know Sean O'Brien who was injured. You know, you got you know you got Rob Carney, You've got uh, so many other good players throughout the pack that you know you don't want too many voices either. So um, I think for me it was just about you know getting my game right and and bringing the. To, you know, we've got we've got our core values, and just bring our core values in the way I play, really. Yeah, so.
1: Uh, Luke mentioned earlier about how Leinster, you know, in their heyday, maybe we were playing 15-man rugby, and it's a bit off-topic, I guess, but you've been involved in so many good moments this year, but one of them was that great Johnny Sexton drop goal in Paris where there was so many phases and everyone played a role, like, I know you only got a couple of minutes on the pitch, but there was a really key clear-out in the build-up to Johnny dropping that goal, like, what do you remember about that pasture play it did really kind of sum up how Ireland just play so well as a unit, you know, collectively?
2: Yeah, that was that was that moment was one of the most enjoyable moments of of I and I know I, I didn't play much in that game, but um, you know I think there's a stat where everyone carried the ball, um, and you know everyone had involvements whether it was rucking, carrying, passing, um, and then to go down the other end of the field in that weather in Paris, and then obviously Johnny to have the stones to knock that over like it was witness being there and you know contributing to it and being on the field for him to knock that over like that's that's going to be an iconic moment in in Irish sport and it was one of those moments that when he knocked it over it was amazing on the field and afterwards but you know I was kind of on the flight back where it just kind of kind of it hit certainly hit me anyway that I was just going that that could be a grand slam drop goal you know it was just you know even when Raj knocked his over against Wales you know not everything was perfect in that campaign for them either and if anything, that French game for us this year was probably there. Were certainly was our, our worst performance. Anyway, I think in, in the Six Nations it was definitely the one we looked like we were going to lose. Anyway, um, so to pull it out of the bag and for Johnny to do that and to be involved that day and I wasn't uh, for as long as I would have liked, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the positives. It was great, yeah.
1: And was there any moment when you kind of reflected on your own journey? Because perhaps you know, maybe the season before it, it might have looked like your chance, maybe at international level, had gone.
2: Yeah, 100%. That, that's, that's definitely what I was thinking. Um, listen, I'm, I'm very much uh, a realist about, about myself. Uh, I think I always have been. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I didn't really even necessarily, even though I went through that, you know, strong patch of um, games for Leinster with those, you know, Heineken Cup matches, back-to-back matches, a uh, few pr- provincial games. I played well and over Christmas. I still didn't necessarily think I was going to get called into the Six Nations squad, the, you know, because I, I had disappointments over the previous few seasons where I wasn't quite making it, and you know, I wasn't quite playing my best. I'll put my, hold my hand up as well, but um, my form had come back, and and Joe knows me as a player, and he obviously thought, you know, I'll bring him back in, and you know, I'll take the positives from the campaign. I would have loved to have played and started in 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 matches I would have loved to have been involved in in every single one of the games but you know I was involved in uh in in two of them and you know if someone had said a year before that, you're going to be involved in two games of a Grand Slam series. I wouldn't have believed them, so I'll take the positives and I'm still alive to contribute, yeah. yeah.
1: Something you touched on there I, I found interesting. Is it difficult to make an adjustment mentally as a player when maybe you've gone through a run where you are involved in all the Ireland squads and you are kind of knocking on the door, and then all of a sudden that goes away and you're maybe either injured or you're back to, to just playing for Leinster only? Is that a tough adjustment to maybe to reset?
2: It is a tough one. It is a tough one. I mean... For me, my bread and butter has always been in Leinster because that's where you know that's where it, that's a, where I'm playing all year round. So um, it's always been a tough tough team to get into Leinster. Anyway, you know, so for the bigger matches, the thing is, if you are in the team for the bigger games in Leinster, you're not going to be far off getting in with Ireland. So um, you know, last year when I wasn't really, ba- I was injured. And I wasn't quite back in the team. That you know, I didn't really have a right to be getting called into the Ireland squad. Whereas this year um, you know as i said my we form um, you know started to improve uh, and i got you know as 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 in the team every week in, in leicester and playing well you know that's why i got called back in and for a couple of seasons yeah it was tough watching uh, you, you know watching on on the sidelines when um i kind of looking at some of the games going you know i'm good enough to be playing in these matches and i'm i'm not involved so yeah it's, it's not easy but um uh yeah i think listen for me i i haven't had the perfect career uh you know in terms of uh test rugby anyway that's for sure and even with leinster it's you know it's been there's been ups and downs and getting in teams get you know getting dropped getting picked so um i think i use those type of things to my advantage i use them to urge you know to 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 make me train harder to to uh, try getting the teams so it's just been that's just been really the way my career has gone
0: Ferg, you touched on it there about, I suppose, the bread and butter. And it was something that I was thinking about today when I I knew you were coming on. Um, I think kind of Leo Cullen's kind of been a little bit forgotten, I suppose, um, a little bit in... I think this whole journey that Lencer have gone through, and he would have taken over at a really difficult period, but he's someone that we know really well. Um, and I suppose you've been obviously closer to the setup. Uh, obviously, you know, it goes without saying, the last two year, two or three years I've been gone, but, I mean, how do you think he's flourished? I mean, I just think he, he's he been so impressive, and how he's dealt with, even, I suppose, taking slightly a backseat, um, I suppose, to, to all the praise that Stuart Lancaster has gotten. I mean... I've just been unbelievably impressed by him. How have you seen him develop? Have you think Do you think he's gotten a lot better? Is there any areas you think, from say, even when I was in there when he was developing, that you think he's really gotten, you know, outstanding at? Because he must have really, has he?
2: Yeah, well, he's uh, he's my boss, so I can't be saying bad. Not he's got a job anywhere, right? uh, but yeah, I um, you know, it's it's clear for everyone to see that, um, you know, uh. Uh, when Leo first went into the role I think it was his Ford's coach under Matt O'Connor and uh, you know he wouldn't have had that much experience and then taking over himself with Gerv there was um, there was obviously that buffer period of a year where you know we didn't get through the knockout stages of a Champions Cup which you know isn't really good enough for a team of of the expectations and the um, the following that Leinster has you know the 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 um, the the group and the the province expects to be in semifinals and finals every year. And that's fair enough with the the road we've, we've gone on. And, uh, you know, I think, think Leo learned a lot in those, in those couple of years, you know, it's pretty clear that he has, he's, he's then been big enough, big enough to, um, spread his wings and to bring in, uh, help from elsewhere. Uh, you know, initially you had uh, Graham Henry come in, who uh, was a you know coach that that All Blacks, one of the best All Blacks teams teams of all times, and and he came in and gave us a couple of nuggets of knowledge uh, for the few months, and then um, you know Leo, I suppose, took you know essentially took a bit of a chance on on Stuart Lancaster in a way because you know from an Irish perspective or you know from from uh, fans in Ireland or. You know, uh, players in Ireland. We wouldn't have known that much about Lancaster only that things, you know, hadn't gone well from at that English World Cup and things kind of fell apart. Whereas, uh, you know, Leo obviously had the foresight to see that he had so much to bring to the table. And you know, there's no denying now, after being, uh, you know, under the current coaching structure, uh, it's definitely one of the best I've been coached under, and you can see that in the way we're playing in Leinster for sure.
1: Yeah, it's funny uh, that we think about it now, and it's been such a success with Leinster winning all these trophies that it almost seems, oh yeah, why wouldn't they have brought Stuart Lancaster in? But when it was announced at the time, it it, sure, it was probably one of the most surprising people they could have picked, given what had happened. Like, for first, what was the reaction amongst the players? Obviously, now at hindsight, it, it's worked out so well. But w- w- were some of the lads pretty surprised with the with the appointment at the time?
2: Um, I I, I actually. Je- genuinely just remember a fair bit of excitement because um, you know even the first couple of meetings we had with Stuart when he first came in you could tell that he this he this guy was a serious operator you know what I mean mm. and uh, I certainly like the sound of, of what uh, he was bringing to the table def- defensively as well which is you know at the end of the day our attack was great this year with Leinster and we did score a lot of tries and some of, the, some of the stats we certainly our try scoring um, averages were, would have been up there, the best in in both competitions. But our defence won both championships, in my opinion. You know, Dan, that, that's what wins your your defence at the highest level is is what wins you the trophies. So I think what he's brought to the table on that front has has been huge for us. And um, yeah. I think it's that you can't really put a value on that.
0: And in terms of the of the defense, for uh, barring obviously yourself being a, a big change from last year, uh, I know you won't say as much. But um, I mean, what do you think has made a big difference this year for in, in terms of the defensive side? I, I just felt like, you know, not now I know there was certain you know personnel and you know guys getting more experience, guys like Robbie Henshaw coming into the fold, this kind of stuff. But like what do you think has made the difference this year from last year? Cause I would have felt that definitely in the kind of pressure moments and in the big games last year, the attack went fine. Like we scored enough points, but it was probably just in the defensive side that we lacked a bit of cohesiveness or maybe a bit of accuracy. What changed this year, uh, in, in your opinion?
2: Mm. I think, I think you could see the composure that the team had in big moments in big games this year, as opposed to big moments in big games last year, we were the opposite. If anything we Press the panic button. Uh, certainly, in Claremont, when things didn't go well for the first twenty-five minutes, you know the whole team was—you know—it's was probably the worst twenty-five minutes we put together. Go- well, in fairness, Claremont really came out came out firing, but uh, it was probably the worst twenty twenty-five minutes we put together all season. Uh, certainly, from a defensive perspective, we think just scored three tries, um, and we were at sixes and sevens. So, whereas this year, you know, uh, the coaching staff, particularly Stewart. You know, he 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 tried to bring in really tough learnings. You know, tough learnings, but productive learnings from those games. You know, he showed clips, um, and then just we were, you know, those work ons and training. Um, you know, every few weeks, and you could see um, them coming to fruition, and you know, eventually in the bigger matches, in those tighter games, like that wrestling match in the final. Um, which I didn't play in, but that was a prime example of we weren't playing the best. We didn't play the best that day. It wasn't a day for the Leinster rugby we've been playing all year because it was wet and it, it would have suited racing more. But, um, you know, you never really felt, you know, from, from even watching on, I wasn't playing the game, but I never really felt like we were going to lose the match, you know? Whereas, like, there just seemed like a real composure throughout the team. And I think, um that was probably the biggest difference between this year and last year.
1: Yeah, and just on that wrestling match, I was actually uh, sitting behind the, one of the goals and I had a great few of you running on your suit at the final whistle. I can't remember who you tackled, but you, you caught someone with a great hit, one of the Lancer lads in celebration.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was actually, ironically, it was, I think it was Jordan Larmor, so... Um,
1: <laughs> Taking you know. him out for next year.
2: <laughs> nah, nah, I nah. Get on get on great with Jordan. I was delighted for him as well. For He played so well all year long, you know, he, there were so many guys that, that weren't necessarily on the field that contributed so much to Lens getting to that point, and um, you know, as 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 players in the squad, we know what it takes to get to that point. And Luke eventually for this, when you when you win Europe, it's not about the fifteen or twenty got twenty three guys that got got there on the day. There's so much more that goes into it. Um, so yeah, I don't know if the guys would have been too happy with me, um, <laughs> hurdling hurdling the hoardings to get on. <laughs> but uh, with, with the injury I have at the moment, but um couldn't help myself. Yeah, it was just amazing, you know, four to be up, up there with um to lose uh, you know, we're winning it uh four times is um, you know, creating history, our own little bit of history was was, was truly amazing for the club, yeah.
0: and I'm I'm glad you we, we kinda ended up naturally at uh Jordan Larmour because I remember when we when we did the podcast at the start of the year, um, you know, I was doing my bit of fanboy kind of uh, i I had a few family questions in the car after I was asking you who you know which of the young guys did you think um were you know had what it takes and um i mean you you were just completely spot on I know you would see him every day, so it's hard for you, you know it would have been harder for you not to see it than than to see it mm-hmm. but um I mean how do you think he's progressed I mean it's fantastic to see him going so good obviously you I mean you will be in competition with him but I mean I know you said to me you thought he looked like a real you know like a, a fantastic player obviously the footwork goes without saying but you thought he was tough as well which I like to hear and uh, he looks to me like a guy who's going to progress really really far and um, how do you think he's gone I mean uh, this, this season yeah
2: I think he's he's been listen I've been if I when I got my chance uh, my first chance at Leinster on my first season with Ireland and someone told me I was going to win the double and the grand slam I don't think I would believed them really so uh, in terms of seasons uh, yeah yeah it could it couldn't have gone any better for Jordan you know he got capped a few times in the six nations he played a big enough role in a few of those matches um you know was involved in that grand slam winning campaign and uh, you know I suppose for, from a personal level for him, the momentum just kind of started building when he started getting his chances at the start of the year. I mean, I think his first cap was against the Dragons away at the start of the year and he scored a try in, in that game. And then, um, yeah, just started getting opportunities in games. And, you know, it was probably fullback really where he's played his best rugby, wasn't it? Uh, that's, that's uh, you know, certainly in the Pro 14, some of the, the games he put together at um, at fullback were, Outstanding, you know. He was definitely one of the best backs uh, in the competition, and uh, uh, yeah. And then, then obviously with a few injuries and with his form, he he got he got in for for the Champions Cup as well, and, and looked at home and, and you know in in uh, on the biggest stage in that in that uh, uh, Champions Cup final. So, listen, I think he's only turning twenty one in in the next couple of months. So, I mean, I'm just excited for for him and for Leinster as to what is his career. Um, you know will bring so um, please God he he keeps progressing and stays
1: injury free. Talking up as a fullback as well, I yeah, like it. Yeah, but
0: uh, but it's funny though because I think with <laughs> with Joey Carberry you know leaving for for Munster uh, you know and that, that's a big piece of the puzzle for for Leinster. Joey's a really polished you know rugby player, quality operator. And Ferg will know that. Um, but I mean mm. that is a spot. I mean like the, I mean it looks like Leinster have lots of guys for for wing and centres, but um, you know full-back will be an area where I mean if Rob Kearney goes down. Um, you know, and it's the same with Ireland. It was kind of why I was suggesting it would have been would have given Joey a go last weekend. As it turns out, Rob had a super game. But like, if Rob mm. is injured, like we look yeah, fairly yeah. barefoot, especially if they're not going to pick guys who are abroad. I mean, Zeebo would have been the obvious candidate there. Um, I probably came across came across quite badly last week on the on on the Rob Carney thing. It wasn't really that. It was more just a reflection of. You know, I, I think they, they do need to try and find someone in case he goes down injured because I don't know who else is natural there. But, I mean, Larmer looks like he could be brilliant there. To come back, sorry, I, I went off a little tangent there my own little mind there for you. You know yeah, the way I'm I do that sometimes, life. yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. Um, but as well, I, you know, while we're on the, the young guns, um, a guy who's impressed me, like, just to no end, and it just seems to have gotten, like, he's almost in that Paul O'Connell mould uh, already. But James Ryan, like, what, what do you make yeah. of this guy?
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Again, it's the same, it's the same as Jordan, His first season professionals. Um, I mean, I'm actually, listen, I'm actually glad for him that, that, um, monkey was off his back about, you know, not losing a, a professional match. That was getting ridiculous with all the media stuff. That, <laughs> wasn't fair you know, so. no one goes through, yeah. you know, I'm sure it was kind of a bit of a relief for him. as well. You know what I mean? Just to, to get people to stop talking about that. Um, you know, for him, uh, because hopefully they go on and win the series now and won't make a difference. But, um, you listen, James Ryan, again, they've had, um, they've had an absolute fairy tale, you know, along with Jordan fairy tale for a season. Uh, he's got three medals in his back pocket. Um, you know, he's on her, the, the horizon of, of the first test winning series then in Australia with Ireland. Um, so yeah, just incredible. I mean, I, like, um, I, I think the sky's the limit really for James. um, I think he he looks more a lot more of a leader. I think the way he plays for me is is enough for him to be uh, in the mix for <laughs> for like alliance captaincy in South Africa in a few years time. You know what I mean? He's he's just turned into, as you said, a Paul O'Connell type of uh, of machine. Uh, just the, the 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 carries and and stats he gets through in games is is <laughs> freakish. So um, yeah, phenomenal player for for about Leinster and Ireland to, to have coming, coming, going forward.
0: Uh, and what's he like? Because you'll have a unique insight into this, and I always think you were an unbelievable kind of Georgia character as well, Fergie, but like, what's he like around the, the setup day day-to-day? Uh, sorry, these are probably... Per- I, I don't know if anyone else would be interested in these, Will. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really interested. I've just been so impressed with this guy. Uh, what's he like kind of day-to-day around the place? Great trainer, I assume, and is he a bit of a personality? Does he speak much around the place? No, he would
2: be a bit of a personality, but... I suppose the most impressive thing from a guy that definitely came, you know, from uh, his perspective, he would probably come out of school as captain of Michael's and captain of the under twenties. And sometimes, um, you know, younger guys can probably go into the senior level after being captains in younger teams. You know, and maybe speak a little bit too much. Mm. Whereas uh, with James, he's he literally kept his head down, worked his uh, he's worked his arse off. I mean, he had a bad injury last year to his hamstring, which probably it actually in a roundabout way probably worked out for him because he put on a bit of bulk during that time in his upper body. Um, but since he's been playing, he, he just does his talking on the field. And I think that's the most impressive thing about him. Um, you know, there's no real forward I do in Ireland that works harder than him at the moment. And um uh yeah listen, those those two games, even the game we lost, the first game we lost against Australia in that series. Oh, was is oh. <laughs> that just phenomenal like um so yeah top lad top lad is a real humble down to earth like just an amazing guy for a Leinster to have coming through with the, the likes of Jordan they're such grounded fellas which is so talented you know
1: yeah if you've obviously been in two kind of setups that have been really successful at Leinster the one with, under Joe Schmidt that won back to back on it in Cups and now this one Like how would you kind of compare or contrast even the the two kind of I don't know dressing room cultures or the setup day to day? Like what what are the the key differences between two equally successful teams?
2: Uh, key differences. Well there's probably a few similarities and then a few differences. Uh, the differences is probably I think that the strength and depth now is, is deeper than it was back then. I don't know if Luke you would agree with that. But um
0: completely disagree. I, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, no, I think it's I fair, cer- fair. I uh, certainly
2: yeah. I certainly think it it's yeah. you know, there was a couple of young there was a couple of young guys coming through when we won the, the Heineken in two thousand and nine. Uh, I was one of those younger guys who's on the periphery but but it wasn't the same there wasn't as many like as there is now, now there's just a, you know, there's a whole group of younger guys coming through and um, trying to get in the team. And it's a, it's a much stronger squad we have. And that, that's why we won the doubles. We never won the double before. It hadn't been done. So, um, you know, the proof's in the pudding there. Um, and I suppose the differences would be... Uh, another difference would probably be that... I suppose the, I just noticed the confidence level would... Um, you know, there's some of the young these the younger guys coming out of school that are getting exposure very early. Um, you know, you certainly would have been... <laughs> Probably in that that same bracket, Lukey. When you come out of school, you you know you got thrown straight in, and you had the confidence to do that. But I remember, for me anyway, and for a couple of other guys, I I definitely felt that there was building blocks to get that confidence at the higher level. And I was certainly one of them. Whereas, you know, you're looking at younger guys like James now and Jordan and stuff like that, and they're not phased by anything. You know, they're getting thrown in in the biggest games. You know, in Twickenham and um you know the Champions Cup, and they're just you know they're they're they're, they're they're fitting in but they're also adding you know and I think that um, just to have that that mindset from such an early age is it's just invaluable so that would be a difference yeah
1: Yeah I'd like to get a quick prediction on this weekend but just first uh, something you mentioned earlier you, you kind of briefly talked about Graham Henry the, the, the short time he was here and some of the nuggets he imparted I, I don't know if it's top secret all black stuff but is there anything you can remember that, that of interest or, or something that was really kind of interesting to you that he might have brought?
2: um he was yeah just he was like any good kiwi coach um really really focused on the basics being really good you know he, he literally that's he just talked about basics and and tried to hammer home that guys couldn't practice and um you know rep the basics you know whether it's passing um passing drills and stuff like that enough um you Know interlinking forwards and backs, so uh, yeah, I thought this I found he was quite positive around the place. He probably wasn't here for long enough or you know had enough involvement for the, even the time he was here to, to have uh, you know, a, a massive impact. But I definitely think he, he definitely left a couple of nice nuggets of knowledge for the group anyway going forward,
0: yeah. I, I mean, and I think as well, like it's interesting that um, like it's interesting that he, I mean, the, the 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 common thread for me there is I think Leo is a big enough guy to be able to get in people who've got experience, who have big personalities. He's comfortable enough on his own skin and he wants Leinster. Leaving all that, so he wants Leinster to be successful enough that he's able to bring those people in. Um, I, I mean, and just for yourself, Fergie, is there? I mean, where like where where do you see this squad going? I mean, I know there's been a few. There's been a bit of change. over. you've got, you know, obviously Joey leaving, which would have been disappointing for the club. And it looks like Munster aren't going to send another another ten back up. But like uh, obviously Isa leaving as well. I mean, is there like where do you see the group going? Will that have an impact? Will uh, I mean it's big shoes, I suppose, for for Joe Tomani to, to fill. Uh, but do you do you see yourself having yeah. To um, having to step up a bit maybe speak a little bit more next season with Issa gone is that a role you think you might have to fill Uh, again
2: I think I think you know you've been amazed Luke you knew when Issa was here he didn't he didn't talk to Haystown either Mm. you know he didn't talk to Haystown when you left either you know that's not the way Issa did things Mm. he he talked when he needed to talk just like any of the best captains I've been I've I've, I've played under you know they, they talk sometimes they don't talk and, and and that that sometimes that silence can also be heard. But you know, talking uh, you know when something needs to be said, and sometimes also saying the stuff that's not comfortable to be said either. You know, he's he maybe said stuff over the past two seasons that some some people uh, to the group that something that wouldn't have been comfortable hearing for people. But that's what the best leaders need to do. And I think um, you know Joe Timani is a rugby player he seems like a fantastic rugby player. So hopefully he'll 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 bring that to the equation. Obviously he's got the. um you know, he fills the same slot as Issa in terms of um that utility kind of outside back and center role, which would be great for us. Um but listen, I think there's enough there's enough leaders that we have in the change already. I think that you you won't you won't fill that void that Issa's left ever again in Leinster. He's the best player I've played with anyway in in my career, that's for sure. Um Besides so me, obviously. he's he's, he's yeah, yeah, just besides you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, not for, there's not there's not there's not a there's not a huge amount of difference there. But just uh, I'm just talking from Issa's from, from the whole package with Issa for me, I think on a yeah, leadership he and everything check. fits and you, you know, just uh, I think there's no there's no replacing the guy. So um uh but I, I think that Leinster can kick on also without him. If that that might sound I like I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but you know, with all these younger guys that have been bled through and seen, you know, what Issa brought over the past two seasons, and and you know, the likes of Jordan, the the Jordans, the James Ryans, um, you know, even guys that are kind of in their mid twenties, it seems like they've been around a while now. Like Dan Levy's, yeah. like he kick on again. You know, the Dan had an unbelievable year this year. Um, you know, you saw the difference he made even when the, for the fifty minutes or so he was on in the game against Australia last weekend. So uh yeah, I think there's a there's a crop there to, to go on and, and hopefully make even more history and, and win and win a fifth. You know, who's to say we can't we can't win a fifth next next year. I think that's gotta be the goal really. Um definitely with the group we have. So um I I wanna be part of of the first um European club team to, to win five. And please God it I will be.
1: And just before he lets you go, Fergus, you know, what do you think the third test has in store for Ireland this Saturday? Um,
2: I think that, I think that, listen, I think the series has been seriously impressive from an Irish perspective. I think the Australians came out uh, and had put together one of their best performances in a long, long time in that first test. They probably caught us a, a cold a little bit. You know, there's a bit of jet lag there a, a, along with a few combinations had been changed up. A few, Pivotal positions have been changed up by Joe fair him for, you know, giving guys exposure, you know, you know, looking long term, probably into the World Cup. Um and, you know, we still, you know, only narrowly lost that game. And um whereas last week was a convincing victory, really, you know, the, the scoreline kind of flattered Australia, really. I think there's plenty of opportunities where we really could have um put the nail in the coffin a few times even at the start of the second half when we made that break and uh, Pocock turned the ball or sorry put those phases together Pocock turns the ball over on the line just a few of those ones where Australia are hanging on by a thread and then we went around uh, 12 points ahead and uh, Australia scored in like the last couple of minutes so you know the scoreline definitely flattered them I I think if Ireland play you know close to that level again we'll win the series comfortably actually this week
1: Great stuff, Fergus. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers to
0: having me on mate, anyway, boys.
1: Brilliant, man. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks very much. That's uh, all we have time for this week on The Left Wing. We will be back next week with another podcast. And In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.
2: Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald.